Namaste, everyone, and welcome to the Jai Bhakti Yoga podcast, where we share information on all things yoga, Ayurveda, and well-being lifestyle. I am excited to share these resources, insights, interviews, and so much more as we grow together on this wonderful journey of well-being. I am your host, Christina Andrini, founder of Jai Bhakti Yoga Foundation and JBYU School of Yoga and Ayurveda. I'd like to invite you to subscribe to our blog on Tumblr, as well as to follow us on Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and all the fun social media channels where we share some of the tips and insights and resources from our podcast and vice versa on here. Now let's go ahead and begin with today's episode. So the key factors that you want to include in your yoga and wellness business plans are going to be the name of the studio or brand. Keeping in mind, this does not have to be the first thing. Be sure that you can research names that are that resonate for you. And since you already have a name for your studio, then you're good to go. And then just make sure that no one else has the name of your yoga studio. Um, if you if you're planning on keeping it here in New Orleans, then make sure nobody else has Kriya Yoga in New Orleans. And you can trademark your name, which is a little TM. And there is a way to do this. You can actually send yourself a letter in the mail. Do not open it. But in that letter, you are going to write the name of your company And because the letter will be post dated for the date of your company. So I started Kree Yoga on this day, put it in an envelope, mail it to yourself because what happens is the mailing, the carrier stamps it. And when they stamp it, it has a date on it. So if somebody comes behind you and says, oh, well, my name of my company is Kree Yoga and they started their company four days later yours supersedes theirs and so you have the rights to the name and not someone else location is always key location 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 is always key you have a wonderful location where you are if you wanted to draw attention You know that fan that I have that says yoga on it? That big fan that says yoga? It's like you stick it in the ground and you see like the car dealerships have it too or like farmer's market. You can get something like that off of Vistaprint or you can also get it from any of these promo marketing companies that sell these little fans that you stick in the ground. They also can be where you you get them from. I forgot the name of it, but I will make sure that I include it in the training and I will send it to you because I'll get from who I got mine from. I also have one that has day of yoga on it. And so you stick them into the ground Whenever you're going to have your classes, 
You can also, if you're trying to market your studio, then you can leave it out there and you're in a high traffic area. So people are gonna see yoga and they're gonna get curious. There's a yoga studio here, where the hell is it? And because social media nowadays is pretty much centered around Instagram mostly, Facebook still being number one, Instagram coming up a very hot second behind it, then it's important to put your tag so that way it's so quick think about like a billboard less than three seconds they're passing by and they see yoga then have kriya yoga or at kriya yoga however you want so that way when people are driving by they're going to remember that and they're going to go on instagram and they're going to look you up so location is key and you've got a phenomenal location and making sure that you have some sort of a marketing which is less than $200 to get and it's also a write-off for your company comes out of the studio's budget for advertising and you would label that advertising in the studio's budget marketing and advertising that would be a form of that keeping the costs low and you're gonna want to also have an idea of a proposed start month and since you've already started your business then you already have a start month but it would be nice to also have an anniversary of your start month so when you started and then host a open house for the yoga studio where classes are free all day long you have all of your teachers that are teaching out of kriya yoga teaching every other hour on the hour there's a potluck etc and you're inviting the community to experience the studio take classes and that day only they will get half off membership locked in for the life of their membership if they want it but they have to sign up that day period there's no wiggle room about that. You will do this event either once a quarter or every year on that start date of the company. The next thing you're gonna want to do is you're going to want to create your budget. How much money did it cost me to open up this yoga studio you're going to also want to include in the break even point how much you're paying your teachers if they are on your payroll and if they are on your payroll do you have them on a 1099 are they contractors or are they employees and would they need a w2 form now you're gonna need also your first month projected profit. So after you do all the math, the fun part is always doing all the math, <laughs> then you're gonna wanna know, okay, what's gonna be my first month profit? To be honest, first month profit is zero unless it's pretty established to a point where you 
had this phenomenal grand opening and all of a sudden you paid all your investors back and you know some miracle happens and all of a sudden it's like wow I got all this profit so you want to know traditionally when the first month projected profit and that's normally about a year after you're open six months to a year after you're open that you'll see like the true profit this is the profit this is the monies that come in after you've already taken care of all the expenses and paid yourself okay that's the profit of so there's revenue and the revenue is how much money the company is making then your revenue minus your expenses is your profit your expenses include what you're paying yourself, and what you're paying your teachers, operating with the lights on or off, the AC running, internet, all the things, okay? Expenses are expenses. And then profit is what's left over. So revenue minus expenses equals profit. You're going to want to know who your owners are. And if you're the sole proprietor, you're the sole owner of the business, then you are entitled to quite a bit of grants and funding um, for Black-owned minority for your studio. You fall into quite a bit of categories, woman-owned, woman-owned business. And I would encourage you to sign up for sam.gov, you will need a DUNS number, DUNS number, and your EIN number, which is your business number, your tax ID number. And then you will fill out the sam.gov, and sure, like a shit ton of people are gonna try and hit you up to like fill it out for you and all this other stuff. You could do it yourself or what I'll do is I will also put the name of the number, the name of the person, her name is Marjorie, out of the SBA, and she can actually walk you through it. She would like to see more women-owned businesses signed up to become women-owned businesses for this free certification because then you will be given and gifted more money and they want to support women-owned minority businesses. And so that will help with funding and providing any extra that you need to do payroll or if there's anything else that you need to put into your business. And then you're gonna wanna know if you have a general manager or if you're the general manager or if you wanna hire a general manager. And then what are the roles and responsibilities of that general manager? Are they overseeing the operations of the business? Are they overseeing the marketing team and how they're promoting in the growth of the business? How are they contributing to the growth of the business? Would be what a general manager would be responsible for. Trainers and teachers will come after you either certify yourself with Yoga Alliance to have a registered yoga school and then Kriya Yoga will have a Kriya Yoga teacher training or they can collaborate with say Jai Bhakti Yoga and purchase the teacher training at a certain rate and then you facilitate it through your access for your students and they will do Kriya Yoga teacher training by Jai Bhakti Yoga Foundation and then you would be 
the lead teacher leading that training. So how do you want to do that? Or if you're contracting Jai Bhakti Yoga to host a teacher training out of the space. So you can do it like that too. So there's quite a wonderful amount of ways to do something like that where you're having trainers come in to teach the teachers or to lead the trainings. And then you pay the organization to come in and do that. Or the organization comes in and they pay you a certain fee each time, such as what we're doing with the affiliate portion. Then you do an affiliate link, all of your students purchase from an XYZ link that you have, and then you get that kickback. And the organization also gets their funding, and then everyone's taken care of. So you do it like that. There's a financial investment in everything that we do. And that financial investment comes down to keeping abreast of what our expenses are. Do you currently use a spreadsheet or any type of tracking for your expenses? So there's a program called YNAB, You Need a Budget. <laughs> it's a really incredible program. I use it for my business. This program, you can curate it. It's $50 the year. It can link directly to your business bank account and you create your different lines, which I would use a Schedule C from the IRS to do. And that way, it's a plug and play. So you have your YNAB program already set up with all of the Schedule C line items for your expenses. And every month, you sit yourself down and you put all of your allocation in and you write all of the expenses from rent, electric, any gas, any mileage you used your car for, for business, any, anything that you spent, yoga mats, whatever. All of that goes into the Schedule C, as well as your YNAB, your budget. It will create and generate a report for you at the very end, so that way you know how much money is being used in the company, and so does the IRS. So at the end of the year, all you have to do is go to YNAB, copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. If you have someone that's doing your taxes for you, you give them access to YNAB. If they're doing your expenses or you have a bookkeeper or someone that's doing that for you, you give them access to it, and they will go in and do all of that for you. And then all they have to do, the CPA, is go in and copy and paste and do that for you at the end of the year. There's also things such as Time ETC. It's a virtual assistant organization that I use. And I have a girl that does all of my website stuff for me. I have a girl that does my grant writing for me. And it's $290 a month when you get to that um, that level that you need more help, it will save you thousands of dollars in payroll so you're not hiring a marketing director, a CPA, a person. Each of these people cost close to $35,000 a year and up. Time Etc. uses a collective of individuals that are putting in their time 
and they're paying them from the pot of hours that you're paying for. So if you're paying, I pay $290 a month and they have different levels. And in $290 a month, I get 10 hours of work from one girl that does all the website stuff, another girl that does all the grant writing and research stuff, and now another girl that's gonna take over all social media stuff. So all I do is I meet with these individuals maybe once a week or once a month, and I let them know, these are the things that we're focusing on this month. This is what needs to get done. This has to happen by this date. This is when I need to talk to you. And I follow up with them and I legitimately work with them as though they were my employees because technically they are, but technically it's a subcontracting company that hires out the people that you need and you meet with them first over the phone you go over what's needed, you feel them out, see if they're able to, how many people are they working for, do they have experience with yoga, et cetera, et cetera, and then that's how you can hire on the right people. If this person works out great for you, and you know what, this is, this is their area, and all of them have areas of expertise. Some of them, like executive assistants, if you've never used one before and you don't need one, do yourself, do yourself a favor and only take care of your own stuff. But you want to hire the right people to do the right stuff for you to alleviate you from having to dedicate time to unnecessary work. And that way you can focus on creating and they can focus on maintaining. Okay? And so that would be also included in your financial investment sheet. Your financial investment sheet is everything that you're investing money in, whether it's your yoga studio, your any vehicles that you're gonna be utilizing, if it's gonna go mobile, your assets, which would be your computer, um, your cabinets, anything that you, that you physically bought that is a desk, a chair, the den, Zen den, all of that are assets. So all of that costs money and all of that goes in the financial investment sheet. If you buy yoga bolsters, if you're buying yoga straps, if you're buying yoga mats, whatever you are buying to let make your business operate, computer systems, any systems that you're putting into place such as Varargo or MindBody or Schedulicity or my best studio, any of these programs that are helping to facilitate the organization of your business are part of your financial investment. You are investing in the growth of your business. And so that is where these plans come into play. It helps to keep you organized so you know where your money is going. An executive summary is something that you just kind of go over with a team of advisors it is something that you, it, it summarizes everything that you're working on within the business plan. It's typically one to two pages long, and it basically is a high, over, high level overview of the mission statement of your organization, how much money has been invested, how much money are you projecting to make within the first, third, and fifth year, and any of the operating costs that need to be um, explained or explored. And then it has 
any other information that you want to add to it, you can go to Yoga Alliance and type in executive summary and it will give you a detailed um, sample of a few of them that you can pick and choose that work well for your company. Your business description and motivations. This is going to be included in the plan as another portion of this. And the business description and motivations will change. It may have started off one thing and as you begin to evolve in your personal development and how you're responding to your students, it will ultimately start to evolve. I started off Jibok Yoga Foundation in the park and collaborated with Nord. And my intention is still pretty similar to what I started with, was to make yoga accessible to all individuals. And I've continued to sustain that. And my motivation behind it was to support minority businesses and minority students that don't have access to more privileged classes that we well know and see. The Lululemon clientele is not our clientele. It's definitely not my clientele. And, you know, I mean, I'm the kind of person that's like, go to TJ Maxx, get yourself some sweatpants and come. (laughs) You know, you can go to Goodwill and you'll be fine. Like, as long as you're comfortable. Um, And so that is like my clientele. And so that's who I don't do. I don't do luxury yoga retreats. I don't do anything that is going to negate from the core mission and value of what Jai Bhakti Yoga Foundation is all about and how we started as donation-based yoga. We started as donation-based because we wanted our students to have the, the access to come whether they have money or not. It's for them to have mental health and well-being. And from there, we pay it forward. And the grants that we receive and the donations that we receive in return go back to the student base. And that's how the business operates. And that's how it continues to grow and evolve. And it's why it's a nonprofit. And so from there, the evolution became that COVID hit. Now what am I going to do? I don't have a yoga studio outdoors anymore. I need to go online. And I kept going online to the point where we started yoga teacher training. Yoga teacher training initially started in person and it started tinkering with going online. And then we ultimately went 100% online in the midst of COVID, in the midst of our third yoga teacher training. And so that particular training ended up evolving into Ayurveda because I also wanted to join the Peace Corps. And when I joined the Peace Corps, they told me I needed to have a bachelor's degree. And so I had to go back to school. And while I went back to school, I started to evolve personally. And then I ended up becoming an Ayurvedic health consultant. And that's when I realized that this sister science is crucial to the world of yoga. And it's very important to integrate it as part of a training and how to also instill this practice into the public and make this knowledge accessible because healthcare costs are astronomical and people need to have a better sense of self and well-being. And the best way to do that is to make Ayurveda accessible along with yoga so people have a comprehensive approach to their overall healthcare. And that's how the business of Ayurveda and the business of Jaivaka Yoga evolved into what it is today. And now we are advocating to make Ayurveda and yoga a licensable practice where all yoga studios will be able to take and accept health insurance 
for students to come and participate. And then the health insurance companies are who pay the yoga studios. That is what we're advocating for now. And so you will notice that your business description and motivation will change over time. It's as I use the, use the yoga mat analogy, the yoga mat is just a guideline. If you come off your yoga mat, it's totally fine. It's just a guideline, okay? And then you wanna look at your competitive landscape. Who are your competitors? So for you, it would be Magnolia Yoga Studio or the Own Well. These are organizations that pride themselves on being black owned, BIPOC community focused. Um, they go well above and beyond to make themselves very known that that is what they stand for. And so how, how does pre-yoga stand out amongst Magnolia and the Own Well? What makes you different? What makes you special? What makes you special is that Ivy is the teacher here and Ivy is the bomb.com and that you are also in the heart of Central City. You know, you are, you are in a phenomenal location because you bring in people from Mid-City, Central City and Uptown, Broadmoor. Um, you bring in you're right off the highway you're right off of broad you're right next to the central business district i mean you're in the prime location you can bring in so many people it's ridiculous you're in a high traffic area and you're right next to all the foods. yeah that's why i picked it when i would go i was like um eventually i will get everything together but i cannot pass up on the location so i'm taking it now and on top of that it's This is prime. You, what you, you're doing is amazing because you took on an opportunity that you saw was there and you saw the potential within it too. And it's, it's perfect. It's, it's absolutely, and you have a private parking when the gate works and you're able to make it, you know, very almost exclusive too in a way, but yet maintaining the, de the demographic that you are specifically taking care of because you want to get, create a safe environment for them. And how much more safe can you get than having a gated studio? And then operations and management plan. Well, first, let me just backtrack. So competitive landscape. So you really want to investigate your competitors. What is Magnolia Studio doing? What do they offer? What classes do they offer? What is their price point for membership? Um, who teaches what class? And you've been to the studio, so you have an idea of what not to do and what you can do better. The other one is the Own Well, led by Valerie. And she, as like myself, started outdoors. And she now has a space. So definitely, if you have not yet gone, check out what is Omwell doing? Where are they teaching? Who are they teaching to? And that's the same thing with Magnolia. Who are they teaching to? Who is their following? Who is their clientele? You're gonna wanna do some Instagram stalking, <laughs> right? Um, and this is gonna give you a really good perspective of who are your competitors for a for-profit business that are in your area. 
Thank you all so much for participating in today's wonderful podcast. As always, it's such a joy and an honor to share in the space with all of you and hold the space together as a collective. I invite you to support my life's work on Teachable. For those of you that would like continuing education units, Teachable will be the go-to for your membership. I'm looking forward to growing together and meeting you all. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram and introduce yourself. I would love to follow you back and subscribe to our YouTube channel for free classes that are posted weekly. Looking forward to our next chat together and I'll see you online, in person, in an immersion or on this podcast. See you soon. From my heart to yours, much love and namaste.